Hi, this is Joe Kay from Play That Rock and Roll, and you're listening to Not Politically Correct Podcast. Boom! Dolly! <laughs> Welcome to another quarantine episode of Not Politically Correct. It's the homie T.S., a.k.a. C-Nova. You know I gotcha. A.k.a. Hank Hook, a.k.a. Mexican Raiden, a.k.a. E.P.E., a.k.a. The Wonton Don, a.k.a. Quentin Quarantino. And you can find me on Twitter at C-Nova KPZ. What is going down, McCoy? It's your boy, Real McCoy, a.k.a. Mr. What It Do, a.k.a. Young Splash God, a.k.a. No Cap Charlie, a.k.a. Smooth Job Johnny, a.k.a. Dope Up Danny, a.k.a. Hallway Jones, because... Insert something about a ringtone! <laughs> insert the thing about the ringtone! <laughs> insert the thing about... Insert the thing about... Um, and you can find ringtone. me... Ringtone! <laughs> <laughs> At Rimacoy Rebel, that's Snapchat, and then Rimacoy KPZ at, uh, for Twitter and Instagram. Hi, it's Cody. But in your name, City Requiring Everything. AKA <laughs> hey, hey, Banana Now. Alright. AKA Banana Now. Let's be A, B, A, L, L. AKA Ricardo Banana. Uh, Alright. <laughs> One gene away from a monkey. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's Russ, the barman, a.k.a. Teddy Russ, a.k.a. Smooth Fingers, a.k.a. Kid Universal, a.k.a. School Wars Q, a.k.a. The Progenitor, a.k.a. Russ the Bus. And then you can find me <laughs> in the quiet zone, I guess, uh, <laughs> on the chattiest of snacks. Isn't that chatty? Uh, ECKZ. Librarian, he'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> at ECKZ underscore R A Y D E T and on IG at Candy Cupid C A N D I D underscore C U P I D I T Y. The beginning of that sounded like it. Okay, I don't know. Someone's got to feel it. All right. You can also, <laughs> you can find us at anything that you can listen to shit on. Seriously. That would be Spotify. That would be the podcast app. That would be Spreaker. That would be Google Play. Um, not Google Duo. Not Outdoors. <laughs> not none of those. Did I say Spotify? Yes, I think I did. Um, SoundCloud, all of that shit at Not Politically Correct Podcast. We have a Facebook group that you can join at Not Politically Correct Podcast. You can also like our page at NPC Podcast. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter as well at Not PC Podcast. And just, you know, interact with us. Let us know what you've been doing on quarantine, why you like us, why you think we're shitty human beings. You should probably stop doing this shit. All of that, too. We want to hear it all. Dope. So, Spicky Spicky Sports. Spicky <laughs> Sports. Um, again, not much because sports is canceled. Um, <laughs> um, there was a few things. Um, 
Hall of Famer from the Packers, Willie Davis, passed at 85. Um, because I don't know why I didn't open it up, but it's on my notifications. So there's that. Enjoy your fun facts. God damn it. Um, <laughs> the, uh, and since sports are canceled, the uh, spike there's a spike in uh, virtual bike racing. So that's going on. And this Sunday, April 19th, is the start of uh, The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan 10-hour documentary thing. And because sports are canceled, things are taking a dive. Like Kevin Hart, LeBron James, and Brett Favre are doing TikTok. So that sucks. What's going on with music? Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Two things. One, so the state of Florida declared the WWE is actually yeah, a no, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> It's not essential. Wow. Right. <laughs> Florida man strikes again with the whole state this time. The Florida man strikes again as a state. Um, Florida men, they declared the WWE to be essential leaving it in um, able to actually do shows and shit. Now, of course, people can't gather, but they can keep working and as opposed to shutting their business down. But in the meantime, though, the WWE actually let, I believe, 18 people go. Um, including Cordell Khan. Um, who? <laughs> Mortal Kombat, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, is that for the video game section? No, they let um, they let eight people go due to you know they're actually you know losing a little bit of money because they can't not a little bit but a lot of them because they can't have ticket sales, which is one of their you know live shows are the kind of their bread and butter. So. They are losing money and had to cut some people. And um, I haven't looked at the entire list of people that cut, but apparently have a lot of the locker room like really, really saddened. Like there are some some people who, um, apparently, it like has the locker room torn up because these people were critical to what was going on. So again, I haven't looked it up, but 18 people at one time for the WWE is kind of like that's kind of a lot. Like usually they'll let like one or two people go, you know. At a time, but eight, 18, like 20 people damn near, like gone at once. It's crazy. And it's, it's kind of interesting to think about because we were just talking about sports players and, and athletes and what they make last week and like how they're, you know, treated a little bit differently than normal people. But even a company like that, you know, is struggling where they have to let 20 superstars go. That's, you know, that's, that's a high number of people. So I feel like it's, it's real and we're all, all feeling the effects of that shit. So, um, I just thought that was interesting. Um, recently, I found out that there's a WNHL, which is intriguing. Ah, I did not know that either. NHL, like a woman's National Hockey, Hockey League? League? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, I had something else when you were done. Yeah, it was uh, very interesting. I'm actually looking into it because it seemed like pretty cool concept. Like, I'm all for uh, equity and equality across sports, so... I thought that was pretty dope. Was going, I forget name, Goo or something, um, college athlete who was the first uh, college athlete, men's or women's, to get a thousand points, thousand assists, and thousand rebounds. And that morning, she actually spoke at Kobe and Gigi's uh, funeral. She was selected first overall in the and Gigi was um, um, selected as an honorary draft member as well. Wow. Um, 
another thing. There's a guy, and his name I can't remember his exact name, but he plays. He's like a he's a race car driver. Y'all hear about this? And he was they, like, they were playing something yeah. online. They were playing. They were like racing online, and he said like the N word. Oh, I saw. I skimmed past that as a headline. Kyle, his name's Kyle something. Yeah, Kyle Larson <clears throat> was fired after the NASCAR driver uses the N word during virtual race. <laughs> he thought nobody was listening. So, and then. Here's the fucking funny thing about it. He said, hey, nigger. And then they were like, uh, yeah, we just heard that. <laughs> he thought his mic was silent. And then, so first of all, like, bro, you caught red-handed, bro. Like, you didn't even, sometimes niggas get on, niggas, sometimes they get online and they do shit, like, online, like, fuck it, I'm, you know, I'm drunk today, I don't give a shit. Like, sometimes, you know, and coronavirus got people acting stupid, so I'm thinking, you know, like, nigga just, like, on some fucking shit. I would respect that more than him hiding it and then, like, shit. And then you should have seen the shitty-ass fucking apology. Like, I don't like when motherfuckers do that shit and they try to apologize. I don't give a shit at this point, bro. You, you caught. But his was so, like, it was so bad. Like, so, like, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. I was raised that, I was not raised that way. It was just real, like, in like not genuine in whatsoever. It was just like, bro, your manager told you to say this shit, right, bro? Because it was just like, he felt like he was reading the script of all the niggas before him, niggas that said <laughs> nigger before him, like, and just was like, yeah, I got to take, got to make sure I say it. Did he that. drop the hard sure. R though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, er. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> would it cause have that, been better if he didn't? Well, the way I was <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, the way I was reading it was. Uh, he didn't know who was on the mic or whatever. He was trying to sound check, and I don't. The way I read it, he was trying to communicate with some of his homies or whatever. That's why he was like, "Hey, nigga, like, hey, Nick, can you hear me, bro?" And everybody heard him. I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, all right, I feel." Why it. don't you just say test one two like I do? <laughs> <laughs> Niggas be trying to be cool. There, yeah, there was no, there was no reason for it, honestly. Period. <laughs> and then, Agreed. and then. It's just what really got me was just the the apology was like so so shitty. Like it was it was <laughs> not, so not authentic. It was like it was because you know you know he has his PR people was like shit. We got to get one of those apologies out. It was like it was like that. Like like they printed some shit off where like you like like this motherfucking PR person Google like what to say if my client says nigger. Like what to have him say afterwards. Like Tiger Woods apology. Right, that was so fucking bad. I'm like, I would have preferred he just kept quiet about the shit and then maybe let it boil over and then like had like paparazzi running up to him in a couple months when we're outside again. Like, hey, remember you said nigger and just like not saying shit about it. I would have preferred it that. Was a sound check. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he grabs the camera and throws him and shit. And from like, then I, on out, I was just known as that nigger guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh my god! So yeah, that happened. That, that happened. Mom, that's from South Park. <laughs> so speaking of speaking, speaking sports, you know something that people take as a sport? Rap. You know who's good at this sport of rap? Roy. Tory Lanez. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, he's okay. Yeah, yeah he's straight. <laughs> um, isn't he the so, one they called Royce a rapidy rap ass? <laughs> yeah, it is the guy who called Royce a rapidy rap ass nigga. The soft 
Rapid um, rap ass test test one two. <laughs> right. <laughs> Rapidly rap ass sound check. Um yeah, so Tory Lanez, um as most people know, has <laughs> Tory Lanez as most people know, has been in the about the in the game for about five years. He really kinda hopped on the scene about twenty fourteen, but really got popping in twenty fifteen when he dropped um Say It, I believe it was called. Um sampled the Brownstone. The brownstone uh, song, yeah. And so you dropped a couple of you signed an Interscope. You dropped a couple of albums since then. Some really good ones like Memories Don't Die, which is one of my favorite from February of 2018. Um, and then I believe in October of 2018, you dropped um, um, Love Me Now or some shit like that or Hate Me Now. Um, but consistently dropping projects. Last year he dropped um his mixtape. Uh, the Chicks tape, which is like usually a more of an R&B lace because he sings and raps, so you don't know more R&B lace joint, um, which he has a, a five of. But this, the new Toronto three, started as a mixtape series, and <clears throat> this he released as an album, and it came out a week ago. <clears throat> I just want to start by saying, first of all, <clears throat> second of all. <clears throat> Third of all, I'm turning into dinosaurs on this. So, first of all, this shit is fucking amazing. Like, this album has everything you want in an album. I feel like with this, he really, this is his last album with Interscope. After this, he's, he's independent. He talks about it on the album, too. This album was almost like a fuck, because he says he's been some issues with Interscope here and there. And it's almost like a fuck you. Like, just so you know, I always had this one in me. And now it's my time to show the world. You guys should have probably did me better while I was there, because now I'm about to start dropping classes on your ass. This album has no skits to me. Like, there's no, there's no reason to, unless... You go in like shit. There's this one Tory Lane song off this album I want to hear. This album has no skips, which is really rare. Even albums I've really liked um, over the last couple of years, they always got like one or two where I'm like, I don't need this shit. I like every song on this album. I don't think there's one bad song. There might be songs you like more <clears throat> than others, but this has everything. Everything. <clears throat> so for me, it, Tory, Tory has been like, He's like Drake in the sense of Ew. he sings. Let's stop it. Sings. <laughs> he rap. He's also from Toronto. I believe he bounced around growing up. Like Toronto was his, you know, where he was stationed. But he also spent time in growing up in New York and in Miami. Yeah. Tory really did his thing on this. I like. I don't know how to better better say that other than just breaking down some of the songs. So first of all. What, okay, best songs, stupid again. It's by, like by far that's my favorite song. I, I like was, stupid again. It's a good song. I, it, dude, honestly, like it's really turned up, but it's also he's really rapping. Like, like the thing that thing that separates him from Drake, I feel like, and you know him and Drake had a little like back and forth a little bit ago. Thing that separates him and Drake is Drake is a great pop song maker. <clears throat> Drake. Raps decent. He can rap 
he, he has a decent ability, rap ability, and he's a good singer. Tory Lanez sings amazing, like to me, and raps way above. Tory's an A-list rapper, if you ask. And he don't. And word on the street is he don't write. So y'all remember he had a beef with um, he had a beef with Runner Lucas, somebody we were talking about last week. He had a beef with him last year, early last year, I believe, where they kind of went back and forth. Didn't he put a lookalike in one of his videos? I believe so. I believe so. Yes. He thinking of Mariah Carey. He laced Jordan Lucas. He, I feel like he won that shit. I feel like he really got in Jordan Lucas' ass, paws. Bar wise. And so when you hear Tory Lanez dropping mixtapes and albums and shit, sometimes we don't get we don't get all of that rap up out of him. This album is the perfect mix of good singing. No, fuck that. Great singing. Yeah. And amazing rap. And that's why I, I really think Tory talent like shine through on here. So when you have songs like Stupid Again, like he really rapping. On there, and I like everything about that song from the intro, which I think is Conor McGregor. Um, yep. And from that to the flow that he used, which we've seen that cadence before, but he does this thing. Tory does has his way of dropping just enough Tory Lanez splash on it, where I don't feel like he's sounding like other niggas. I feel like every other nigga that sing rap nowadays sounds like every other nigga, yeah. but Tory Lanez. To me, like I don't agree. <laughs> what he does, he, he figured he figured out the combo. He figured out the, the 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 combination of how to do it well, man. I, I swear. Another good song on there, "Accidents Happen" featuring Lil TJ or TJ. Never, I've heard of Lil Lil TJ. Never heard of him till this. Never actually listened to him till this song. And I think even he really took advantage of the feature and really floated and did his thing on that beat. So I applaud him. But again, Tory Lanez on that motherfucker rapping his ass off. On that motherfucker giving us bars, dog. Um, another song, Who Needs Love? This fucking song is, it has that kind of little um, Caribbean bounce to it. Like, you know, it's like a sunny, like summertime, you know, uh, uh, you might ride right around, you know, with your windows down type of thing, you know what I mean? And I'm just obsessed with that chorus, man. It bounces and mix so well with that beat. Like, again, no, no skips, no misses on this fucking album. Um, do the most has a West Coast like that song that beat fucking insane. Got a it's like it's like not too much going on on the beat, but it got that bounce to it. You know what I'm saying? Like where it got that West Coast pulse and remind me of something like YG uh, would try to pull off with. And again, Tory Lanez showing he's like Ditto in, in rap. He's like the Pokemon Ditto where he can just merge and do any type of fucking thing, but he's always him. He always throwing some Tory Lanez flash on it, and I'm like, damn, he don't sound. He doing that thing that that nigga do, but he damn near doing it better. I listened to this one before I listened to a YG song. This is what I'm talking about. This nigga is really fucking skilled, bro. And uh, it's an amazing party song and put you, you know, it, it puts me in the mind of like back that ass up though with a little like new school flair to it. You know what I'm saying? Like like the bounce on that motherfucker is crazy, bro. Um, Letter to the City 2. This is, a, this is one where you hear him really rapping like you hear this motherfucker giving us bars and very his all his like major rap songs on here like pain uh um letter to the city 2 um 
he got another couple of joints on here where he's really like really rapping. It's all not only lyrical, not only laced with good bars, but it's introspective. Like you really like when he tell me about this shit, like his mom died when he was young, he was like 13 or some shit like that. And he's, you know, been in the streets doing shit, you know, according to his rap since then. When he talks, when he raps this shit, bro, it's super like, ref- like reflecting and like on like what he did that was bad. And like, he's like, I should have been doing that shit or like this shit seems, it sounds crazy, don't it? Like, um, I didn't get a chance to really like pull the bars I want. Um, that's why I'm giving people the songs, but I didn't get it because there's so much, so many layers that I didn't get a chance to like really pick apart the ones that I wanted and I thought were the best. But like that song, if you go back, that it's it's moments like that where I'm like, this is why I think he might have been Joiner in that battle. Like this nigga really be rapping, dog. Um, well, I mean, so what are some of the favorite songs that y'all got from that? I'm like, did y'all listen? Like, what y'all think? I low-key only listened to that album like twice. I don't know if I can pick any favorites off just off the top of my head. I gotta do better at taking notes. <laughs> but um, I I got out of it that it was it was a consistent vibe. It wasn't a boring album at all. Yeah. Um, he I feel like he rapped a hell of a lot more than he did sing, so that was kind of dope. I think it's interesting hearing his singing voice compared to his rap voice because his singing voice is just. It's R and B ish, and it, it just sounds. Yeah. I don't. It's nice. It it sounds nice. Pause. But it, it, he has a nice singing voice, and it just sounds completely different than his rap voice. You would think that Tory Lanez the singer was a completely different artist than Tory Lanez the art uh, the rapper. That's what that's what I'm saying. CT. That's that's you are kind of saying exactly what I'm thinking. It's like when when Drake. Not to keep comparing him to Drake, but I just think that there it's a good it's a good person that kind of does some of the same stuff that he does. Yeah, when Drake when, sings, you still hear Drake. Drake still sounds like Drake when he sings. Drake sounds like Drake when he raps. When Tory Lane sings, it's a whole different vibe almost, and hold it. I don't know. It, that's just, and shit. <laughs> Tory Lane's the rapper, and the singer's Tyrolene and shit. Like, it's, yeah, he's, he's damn dope. Near childish Gambino at this point. Yeah, man. Yeah, and then. Childish Gambino, but keeping it in, like using those different personalities in the music, man. Because again, yeah. he'll do he'll do these different songs and these different songs got these different vibes, but they all sound like him. Like he he'll take a style, but he'll lace it with his little bit of sauce or whatever. And now I'm like, eh, I haven't heard this before. He might be doing that Migos type of flow or some like East Coast type of flow, but it, it feels new because he laced it in a manner that only he can do. Right. Russ or what's the Cody? What y'all think about some of the like songs on there? Um, I like the first track, the first it's called, but then the I only listened to like four or five more, but I was skipping them because I just didn't. They weren't for me. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's just yeah. not for me. For sure. Russ, speaking, speaking, Russell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so first track I thought was pretty decent. Um, the first two tracks sounded similar, so yeah, I didn't know I was if I was still listening to one or two until I actually looked up and was like, oh, that's number two. Okay, cool. Um, I I thought Stupid Again was super dope. Um, I actually like number four, Ten Fucks. I thought that was pretty sweet. Um, dope Boy's Diary was nice. Accidents happened. Uh, Broken a minute. I listened to a couple times. Yeah. Um, I really liked the rapping side of 
uh, Tori. Um, when he sings, he, he sounds kind of like Bryson Tiller to me, but a rap version, um, which I don't think is a bad thing. I'm, I'm not saying it like it's, it's a bad thing, like, oh, this nigga singing. Um, I thought it was actually something that was cool and added something different to the to the album. Um, I thought it was a, a pretty good album. I, you know, I don't really mess with the, the auto-tune stuff a lot, but this is an album I can sit down and I can listen to. Um, I thought he had uh, plenty of nice bars in a lot of his songs, and um, I did listen to it a couple times just going through, and it's, it's an easy album to listen to, but you definitely look up like, oh, what? What this guy say? And you got to rewind it and go back. Um, so yeah, overall, I thought it was a, a great, great listen to. I really would recommend it for anybody who's um, who, who likes Tory Lanez, who doesn't know Tory Lanez, uh, to get to know him because I think this is really uh, a good album to really introduce you to him. That you probably go back and listen to all the rest of his stuff. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Before I give y'all my, my megaphone right now, I want to just go. I want to take a little bit of turning. We know Tory Lanez himself is dope. Um, I want to get his into some of the production. I didn't look up who actually made these beats, but accidents happen. These are these are my favorite beats on here. Accidents happen. I fucking love and, and, and TS knows this. I fucking love double time eight oh eight man. <laughs> you will never go fucking wrong. You give me an eight oh eight. You give me that shit, and I will ride around for the next three months on your shit. Let, let me tell you, accidents happen. Have those double time eight oh eight, and I love the choice of clap. The snare that they use in this song because it could have been when you have those like 808 heavy songs you can really sometimes you want to baka flaka let's let's luger it up you can really add a heavy really sharp snare but the one that they used here was it was slightly dull and it did something with the rest of the percussion man like it's just the intricacies of this album like little shit like that bro they got me like damn broke in a minute the horn sample was really well placed because it it moves like it was a random chop and just worked really well sound wise and then looped perfectly. Like I've been, you know, as a person who used to make beats, there's some certain sounds that you hear that you just like, I want to use it somewhere. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. It looked like that there was a bunch of other horn moments around that horn moment and they were chopping it up and happened to just rip that one good piece. That that seems like a very small piece of something else horn wise and they just ripped the right piece and then broke it just a little bit to turn it down on the on the tone and perfect chop bro. Uh the first song, Pricey and Spicy, sinister but upbeat. Um I love when the beat breaks down and you can hear sounds like what sounds like a tribal like a war call drum like they're beating a you know like a like the drum. I love that though. Dude um Adidas this beat has a smooth ass bass line. And that's something that you don't really hear a lot, dog, in music, in rap music nowadays, because a lot of production uses the low frequencies in the 808 to carry or to layer it as a baseline, which is fine, which is fine. It's music. You can do what you want to do. Um, but you sometimes you don't get a good a good play bass, and I feel like we got that in Adidas. Um, but the production on that one reminded me of West Coast vibes. It really reminded me of like a um, 2011, 2012, like Kendrick or, or TDE Digi's. Digiphonics um, production style. That Digiphonics was the four um, who were producing for GDE back in the beginning. Um, pretty much made all of their beats. Who needs love? I love the guitar in that record. Um, and what sounds like a huge like Hispanic Latino tone over the whole song. Like the beat itself was, you know, very 
it felt like, you know, any moment I could might might wanna, you know, twist the hip and do a little salsa with that shit, bro. Uh-huh. Um it was it was just really good the production all around. Overall for me, man, this album really cemented to like this is going to have me going back and probably listening to some of his older stuff just to see if I can catch some progression because I've been playing this album nonstop. Me, this album is I give this album honestly an eight point five megaphones. And honestly, wow, I'm I want that much better than uh, the Joiner album. Well, because you said no, that I you'd was, like to go back. I, I was surprised he didn't give it a nine from how he I was, was talking about, about it. Yeah, right. I was I was about to give it a nine. Really, I was teetered. I was teetering between eight point five and nine. And the reason, the reason I'm not giving it, honestly, the reason I'm not giving this album a ten, because I feel like one, I want to save that. I want to save that for something. I want oh, my you're t- one of those people. I'd give this restaurant a five star review, but yeah. <laughs> nothing's perfect. No, I want to say I want to save that ten for when it's really necessary. What did you rank um, music to be murdered by? Mm. Was I was I doing the megaphones back then? I, I think I gave I, I think I gave it an eight. I want to say a solid eight, which would make five. Look- wow, that's cool. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this Tory Lane's album you're saying is better than M's album? Yes, overall, yes. Wow. I'm not saying I'm not saying Tory Lane's is a better necessarily a better MC, but I will I will say this, dude. Tory Lane's is with this album. I've I've listened to him here and there before, but with this album, what I realized with him is he is the perfect. This is why he hopped on Royce's ass. This is why he be hopping on people's ass like him and Jordan got into because people be saying like Tory. Don't really rap. He's just a singing nigga. No, Tory Lanez fucking raps well, and this album for me did something that a lot of the the newer niggas don't haven't done yet. It's the perfect combination of past, present, and what could become the future. Um, I think he has enough history of hip hop to where you know he can reference Biggie and use Biggie and punish it in his lines and shit like that. And, you could tell this nigga been listening to shit that from the nineties and shit. Um, he's definitely w- what's going on right now. You can you can tell with some of the auto tune thing, all that shit that he's in the now. But I feel like if Tory just got with the right producer, even the production is dope. If he just got with like a Pharrell or something for a whole album, this man is right to he's supposed to be right next to Travis Scott or you know like one of them level rappers like. I don't know, man. I, I fuck with Tori this album heavy, and the only reason I didn't give it a, a full 10 or even a full 9 is because, like Joyner, there's some... He's not missing or he's not missing any singles, but it's something in, in a feeling that's missing that makes it a classic. It's gonna be a solid album, and it might go back and be a classic after sitting with it for more than a week, but there's something... Something I'm missing in terms of like, I don't know, maybe it's one more song I need to tug in my heartstring or something that will bring everything on the album together. It's not all over the place, but it's just something isn't there to really stamp it as a classic for me yet. I could listen to this for another month and probably go and probably call it a classic, but I ain't gonna front my shit at all. I love this album. I love it. I don't think he didn't, this is a good ass body of work. This is probably the best album so far this year 
Well, according to your megaphones, wow. it is the best album this year. Yeah. So, I feel like I feel like if I could get this music with some of the feeling and lessons that I got from Jay Electronica's album, then you got a classic. So I, with Tori, it's just a, a little, and he almost got there too with Letter to the Street, Letter to the City too, where we were talking about his record deals and, and how, you know, people, you know, were doing him dirty and shit. Like, I was really reflective, like, damn, this might be why you, you know, had an issue with Drake. Like, it's it's so good, man. It's really, this is a quality album, man. And I, I advise everybody to listen to it, give it a second chance if you haven't, you know, really kind of got off into it. That's what I say. Dope. 8.5 megaphones. <laughs> I wonder, um, I look forward to the rest of this year, mostly because I, I mean, I'm still kind of good with uh, the quarantine thing, but I'm looking forward to the rest of this year to see if there's any other albums that come close to this one. Or if anyone gets even closer to 10. Like, what is a 10 out of 10 album? If there are any that are going to drop in 2020. Well, we are supposed to get a Kendrick album and a J. Cole album this year. Supposed to. Yeah, whatever. It'll probably be a a double copy with what? Detox? A double album with Detox attached to it? Right. Okay, Okay, that's enough. That's enough from the head. (laughs) Kids on more drugs. Here's the, here's the thing about, <laughs> thing about J. Cole. J. Cole has some pretty good, pretty classic albums. I feel like, wait, he ain't dropped a perfect album. He ain't dropped a 10, ever. I feel like Born, Born Center for K.O.D.? K.O.D. is not perfect. K.O.D. is it's cold. It's, it's cold. It's cold. It's cold. Born, Born Center. Born Center for me is my favorite J. Cole album. Which really? is my, my favorite because I have a thing with your second album is Follow your second album. Usually, I'm sold on. I think um, Force Tills is my favorite. Yep, yeah, which is good. I, I like I like um, Born Tender more than anything, and I think Force Hills is a solid nine. Born Tender is a solid nine. KOD is a solid nine. I don't think I don't know if I would say anything J Cole has is a classic, and I would only say Kendrick has one classic album to me, and that's Good Kid, Mad City. Good Kid, Mad City. Dude, like, you got um. Pulitzer from Damn. That doesn't mean anything. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> like, I'm just, just, congratulations. Pulitzer. Congratulations. Pulitzer. That he's the first rapper that <laughs> the only rapper to ever do that, but I don't think that makes it a classic. Listen, Macklemore got a Grammy. Yeah, because he arrived to Kendrick for it. Exactly. So awards and shit really don't mean shit. He didn't about. rob Kendrick for it. It's political. <laughs> they no. robbed Kendrick Ford and gave him as all award ceremonies are political. Right. <laughs> yeah, shit. Eminem, Eminem robbed Childish Gambino for the best rap album. If you ask me, for um, for uh, because the internet that same year, so that that came because the internet came out December 2013, and Eminem's album came out November 2013. Marshmallow's LP2. <clears throat> also, Iggy Azalea was up that year and. So those didn't get, they were 2015 Grammys um, based upon, you know, when they came out. Eminem stole that. I believe that the best rap album that year really went to, should have went to because of the internet. But Eminem, of course, because of politics, won it over Childish Gambino. So 
So I, I said all that just to say the Pulitzer Prize don't really doesn't really mean anything to me. I feel like Good Kid, Mad City is front to back flawless because of the way it's put together, the way it's told. Kendrick so. Lamar wins a Pulitzer off his damn album. McCoy's response. They tried to they tried to, they tried to say that the first artist prize. to get a Pulitzer that's not in jazz or classical. Ooh. I mean Kendrick, I'm glad listen, I'm glad if anybody did it in rap it was Kendrick because you know people always try to like hop on his ass like, oh he's overrated with you. No, he's just a little bit more artsy than you motherfuckers are and I think they give it to Drake like because Drake sings and shit and does like the best better artist, but it's really Listen, listen. I'm so sick of y'all talking about these niggas saying because they do not sing. They hum to a beat. Right. <laughs> All they do is add melody to this rap, and it's not the same as singing to me. And I'd be like, these niggas is not singing. So who do you? Okay, wait. Before we move on, who do you think? Okay. Who do you think is a good rapper slash singer? Do you think Tori is? I, I think I think Tori is. I, I really think Tori is. I think he could do a lot better without the auto tune because he has a naturally good voice. Like I said, I, he really reminds me of uh, Bryson Tiller and how he sings. And I think Yo, Bryson Tiller is a great singer. I I guess we're talking about males because Doja Cat be getting her shit off. Oh yeah, or emails for sure. For sure. I, I would say she's a decent singer. Yeah. Um, and of course she raps. Um, she, I, I mean, I, I like Doja Cat as an artist, um, which has nothing to do with her physical form or anything like that. As an artist, she has bars. Um, she puts music together well. I like her um, her co- collaborations as well. I think she does smart rap and singing business, and I think she's a dope artist. Yeah. Hell yeah. But I just think Drake be whining. Drake has done some pretty horrible shit where he thinks, like, um, on on a view on that, where he uses the um, DMX types of games are being played. How's it going down? Is you with me or what? On that song, he has a transition where he, like, starts screaming. Like, yeah, responsibility, like, when he does that transition, I'm just like, you could have kept that. You just did too much <laughs> trying to be cool. You could have kept that, bro. We didn't need that. We didn't need that. Could have kept his goes, son too. And he goes up. Uh, <laughs> then he goes up. Uh, oh, just like that, just like that. And you can tell the auto tune that they tried to add couldn't take away from the bad note. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then that. Oh, and oh my God, just sidebar on him. All the sing singing singles that he released from his first album on from from the uh I was a hot love and emotion in the the that just hold on we're going that shit sucked. What was the one off the first album he had? He had one off the first album that was like his that was like his singing joint. Um It's not I better better find your love is that one? Yes oh I better find your love I hate every time he does that he does that shit. I thought it was okay until they really played it out and then it was on all the stupid um, social medias and everybody was remixing it and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm sick of this song now. Hey, hey, hey. I hated that shit. (laughs) (laughs) We can do a whole... You can do a whole Drake segment next Sunday or Saturday, dog. I have to. 
Yeah, I like this segment. We're hating on drinking. Tory Lane, final word. Tory Lane is the new king of Toronto. Fuck it. All right. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> 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 All right, Russ. Kill half our guys. Thanks, Russ. <laughs> Russ, what's up with the prosody, bro? <laughs> Man. That's the oh my gosh. Apparently I'm a killer I'm a serial killer. Hide murder material. Alright, um <laughs> So <laughs> Don't get him started. How, how, how. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been going over the whole quarantine checklist and this is uh the, the culmination of that. Um it's gonna be not necessarily a short one, but um to recap, we talked about the physical aspect, keep yourself healthy fruits, vegetables, exercise, that type of thing. Um, get you some sunshine um, safely. Um, always take the proper precautions. Um, although it doesn't necessarily uh, prevent perfectly um, you being exposed to anything, um, having precautions in place and being safe and being prudent about taking care of yourself should be your, um, your first thought. Um, we also talked about the mental part, you know, giving yourself a break from social media and developing those skills mentally, reading, meditating, um, looking into to, to learning a new skill or just um, taking time to really um, look inward and see where you can improve. And that also leads you into the spiritual where you connect to some divine being, whatever it is for you um, uh, or into yourself, because a lot of people do that, that, that um, um, what they call secular humanism, uh, where they they promote self, and not necessarily in a way to um, deter from the divine beings, because I myself am Christian, and I do believe in, in Christ and God, um, but there are there is also something to be said about taking care of yourself, both mentally and spiritually. Um, having said that, um, looking forward to a purpose. Um, that we sh- we should all have a resolution um, to find a purpose and to work towards our purpose and to spread that purpose as best we can to other people, um, ethically, morally, to improve on ourselves. Of course, there's a there's a there's a, a reason to be selfish, um, not necessarily in a way that hurts other people, but you do want to promote and to heal and to um, um, strengthen yourself. Um, a lot of people get caught into the selfless um, cycle, and they don't work on themselves. And so you, you, you find yourself out of balance with doing that. Um, and that brings us to the, the more social aspect, uh, where there should be a time that's allotted to still reach out to those whom you care about, um, we always talk about, you know, nobody checks on the strong person. Uh, nobody checks mm-hmm. on Superman. Um, and it's those times that uh, that when we, 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 we have that downtime and we're, you know, we're self-reflecting that they'll probably pop up. And it's like, yo, I wonder how they're doing. Um, nobody really checks on them because they check on everybody else. And it's, it's a good habit to get into to look on to those who are seen as the strength pillars in our life to make sure that they're okay as well. Sorry. How are you doing, Russ? 
<laughs> I'm working, man. I'm working, man. Working on stuff, working on the, the environment, you know, working on uh, my physical aspects, you know what I'm saying? But um, just like, you know, we, we joke and whatnot, but we still want to, to be in tune with each other, you know? Yeah, most definitely. I try to rem- I try to remember that. And um, all right, I'm I'm in a good spot right now, and I'm not doing much. Let me just hit up a random person and see how they're doing or see what's up. It only takes a few minutes, honestly. And then sometimes um, my fear is as soon as I get this person on the phone, I don't really have much to talk about with them. I just want to see mm-hmm. how they're doing, and that's it. But it turns out a lot of the times I'll, I get the person on the phone and all of a sudden we have a nice little conversation going it's like yo i didn't even expect this shit this is kind of dope i'm glad to know that you're doing well and i'm glad to know this other stuff about you yeah just looking for you you're good cool all right bye yeah. <laughs> i mean it, it you know i kind of fall into that same pattern um i get too much in my head so i'm thinking oh what am i going to say what are we going to talk about um what if they don't want to talk about this what if this 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 and this instead of just giving myself to the present moment and being in the moment to actually feel, to listen, and to respond and not listen to, um, to okay, you said this, so now I got to say this type of thing. <clears throat> I actually listen, internalize. Uh, sometimes I repeat it back just so I make sure I have what you're saying correctly so that I'm not just going off of what I assume you're saying, but I'm really listening to you. Right. I don't think Hi, it makes much sense to try and have the conversation with the person before you even talk to that person. Like, okay, they're going to say this. So I'm going to make sure to say that. And then when they respond like this, I'm going to say it like this. Okay, cool. Conversation, good. And then they answer the phone. Yeah. And they start off with Bugs Bunny. You're like, all right, you're already off script, fucker. Why did you do that? <laughs> Sorry for doing that, man. <laughs> but that's say, what's the up, thing. Doc? That's all, man. You call. Eating carrots and stuff. Uh, no, um, so you know, as far as the whole social thing goes, you know, don't let these, you know, the, the being in quarantine um, foster isolation and force walls and barriers between those you care about. Um, it's easy to um, be on quote unquote lockdown and then lock everything down: communication, feelings, thoughts, all of that. And so we have to find ways to cultivate those feelings and and thoughts and to reach out and let those flourish. Right. I agree. I, I agree because I also feel like, <clears throat> you know, just in relation to the, like the pod, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. um, y'all know, like we talk via our little, you know, group chat, things of that nature, but not having actually hung out with y'all um, and being able to, cause you know, face to face with us is a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? Like we right. really catch each other's lives. And not being able to see y'all face to face, you know, I, I wonder like, damn, is Russell okay? Like, how, how does Cody feel about what's going? Like, the new, you know, uh, shit being extended or shit. I wonder if TS like going crazy over there, you know, in his house. Like, is he, you know? I often just have these random moments where I'm just thinking about shit like that. Like, um, and so, and I guess y'all know I'll quickly assign somebody the title of something so <laughs> like i said like uh cody is the you, title and, you and <laughs> cody and russell are like the most like tranquil people that i know i guess russell and ts you are the y'all are the strong friend um mm-hmm. 
the the two strong friends. So I often think of not that I'm not thinking about you, Cody. Um, yeah, I but, get it. I, I'm tranquil. I'm just weak. I get it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I often think about y'all like, damn, I wonder if my niggas is okay. Just because y'all are the strong friends and, and I've been trained to like, yo, you need to check on the strong friend, you know, like more. And so like, I think that this is a really interesting uh, thing that you bring up because I often I'm sitting here wondering like, you know, I hope they're okay, you know, and, mm-hmm. but I don't want to like, it's such a weird time that I don't want to reach out and give you anxiety. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, does that make right. sense? Like, I don't want to be like, yeah. yes, are you fine with what's going on in the world? Because, you know, be people hilarious. are dying. Like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to like make shit worse. Like what if they are bad and then I'm making shit worse by telling this motherfucker like, Hey, or they they weren't uh, thinking about that. In Florida. <laughs> they weren't thinking about that initially, and then you put it in their mind. Now they're freaking out about it. Right, right, right. Because I'm like, they're a the strong friend, but the reason I'm checking in is because they could be weak right now. So what if I fuck that up? Like, you strong, and I'm just like, oh, but now puppies can get corona too. And you're just like, oh shit, what the fuck? Well, I think it's just a realization that you made a breakthrough that they are not your strong friends. Because you just broke them down. So congratulations. Well, not not only that, the the whole dialogue regarding what is actually strong as far as your friend, um, you know, we equate strong to people who um, seem reserved in their emotions. What if that makes them actually weak because they can't allow themselves to feel? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, so okay, that, Russ, um, enough on this topic. Next one. But I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not even, and I'm not even talking about you, T.S., like um, myself, you know, the, the things we do um, to make ourselves feel okay or normal um, usually are the things that we really need to talk about and we need to um, share with other people so that we can get them off our chest and be like, yo, like, I know y'all think I'm strong. I think I'm all together and stuff. But, yo, I struggle with this. I struggle with that. And as men, we don't usually have that dialogue. We don't usually have those conversations because it's not, quote, unquote, done. It's not something we're taught to do. Um, we're taught to hide those feelings. We're taught to, you know, you don't show emotion. You don't cry. You don't do this. And there's a lot of stuff going on right now that we necessarily shouldn't be, quote, unquote, strong about. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Is anybody else for here sure. killing me softly with Lauren singing in the background? Is that, <laughs> is that just me? I think my brain has gotten me right now. <laughs> That's, see, he's breaking down. We just started talking about dogs and shit. Strong friend. Look at but I think, you know, just having that connection um, helps build each other up. Because it's like, yo, uh, I, I don't need you to be strong right now. I need you to be you so right. that we can work on building each other up. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is why I, I think it's a good idea, McCoy, that you hit whoever up, or Cody, you hit whoever up. Everybody in this group, I think, does a pretty good job of keeping track of everybody else in this group just to say, like, yo, what's going on? And then the person will respond with whatever blanket statement, and then you're like, no. What's really, really going on? And, uh, <laughs> all, right. all right, fucker. Right. Look, this is what's really going on. <laughs> right, right. Since you want to be nosy and a good friend and stuff. Right. <laughs> since, you want me to, since you want me to cry. <laughs> Don't but, get corona. Like, <laughs> you, are, you are really <laughs> messed up about this. This <laughs> canine corona. Canine corona. Right, it's corona with a K. <laughs> <laughs> Corona combat. <laughs> Corona with the K. So Corona's a blood then, I feel it. Yeah. 
Corona combat. All right. So also with the whole social aspect, you know, there's there's another aspect that we're kind of hesitant to talk about because it's it's readily affecting people we know um, and it's close to home. Um, financially, you know, being in quarantine is a burden financially for those who aren't allowed to work from home, um, those who have been laid off, those who have to find other sources of income because of the decisions made by the company and this government because of how they're treating this. And so, you know, there's, there's, you know, people always say there's a lot of information out there if you wanted to, to look for it. And the thing is, the search is never easy. It's never something like you Google, how do I do this? And Google pops up, this is what you do. Um, it doesn't always happen like that. You actually have to like talk to people, call people. How did you do this? How do I, how do I get from where I am to where you are? Um, and a lot of people don't want to do that work um, because it's hard. It's difficult to reach out to some people and be like, yo, I need help. That's mm -hmm. a thing I know I myself struggle with. Like, yo, I need help with this. Um, I'm trying to figure this out because I feel I should be competent enough and smart enough to figure it out on my own. When it's not necessarily a knowledge thing, um, it's it may be a skill set thing that I don't have because I don't know I need that skill. Right. I, you know, do you ever... And if I can just ask this honestly, you know, there's only two people on this planet that I ask, like, if I need something, mm -hmm. there's only two people on this planet that I ask. Um, and it's not that I don't have other people in my life that I trust, but if I'm hurting or, like, if I'm, like, really, like, to the point where I, like, have to reach, where I have to reach out, um, it's only two people that I'll ask. And, you know, do it is it for me i know it's because i have a issue with trust i just feel like mm -hmm. at some point it's going to get thrown back in my face or yeah. i'm going to be made to feel stupid that i came to this person with the woo and so i only ask the same two people if it's if it's if, if i need something you know substantial if i need you know if, if it's like something that i just can't get through by myself it's only two people i come to and so do you do it I do it out of a lack of trusting people. Do you ever find yourself not wanting to do, not wanting to reach out because of like a lack of faith in the other person at all? Yeah, I think, you know, um, it's a combination of that, um, especially having been hurt and betrayed in the past. Right. Like um, that trust thing is, is really um, a, a touchy issue with me. So I, I understand where you're coming from as far as like, it just, people you don't want to trust with that because of what has happened in the past and what you what you know people are capable of. Um, for me, you know, it's still a part that I'm trying to heal myself and what's causing me to overthink a lot. Um, and I don't go to a lot of people because it's like, yo, I don't trust you. You know, I can't trust you with this. Um, and it's also um, like a self-esteem thing. Like <clears throat> if I go to you for help, will you look at me differently and how is that going to affect how I feel about myself? Which is stupid because it's self-esteem, but it's a very valid reason why people don't reach out because it's like, I don't want you to quote unquote, see me either how I see myself or um, not how I see myself. And that makes me feel worse. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I don't uh, really ask for help like that 
out of pride and all the things mm -hmm. that Russell just mentioned, I think it's tied into pride in that mm -hmm. whatever I ask you to do, I should be able to do myself. So why am I asking you for anything? Mm -hmm. I have to be at a point where I can't use my two hands by myself to get uh, a task done. Then, okay, I physically can't do this. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like help shouldn't be a last resort thing, though. It shouldn't be like a sign of weakness, you know? Right. Right. It exactly. shouldn't be a sign of exactly. weakness. Or it, it actually kinda... probably shouldn't be a, a last resort. It, you could probably well, save a hell of a lot more time if you ask for help uh, in the beginning as opposed to in the end when things are a little messed up. I don't know. Do you guys yep. know what Gantt charts are? <laughs> Wait, what, what charts are? A Gantt chart. So a Gantt chart is what project managers use or project engineers use to lay out a project. It mm -hmm. will, it will yeah. state that we need to do this task within this amount of time. It's going to have this many people involved, which means this many man hours. And yeah. it just lays it out from beginning to end uh, in steps and sequences. So you know that, okay, we're at this point in the Gantt chart. So it's, it's just a timeline. We know that. So wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. You guys engineer a way to engineer. <laughs> yeah, to keep well, things, I mean, to keep I mean, things it's organized. Different so. things that in different industries because it's the same thing as a scope for pen testing, um, where you have a scope of how long this is going to take, how much each thing is going to do, what you have to do, who's assigned to what, all right. that stuff. It's it's similar to they they call them different things in, in different industries, but they all yeah, basically mean the same. It. I call it a calendar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was it's, like, okay, this uh, <laughs> this is my deadline. This is going to take me, you know, roughly this amount of hours. So I better have this done by Tuesday. Like, oh. yeah, and then you see a progress and all that stuff. Well, um, that's how I imagine tasks in my head, and I try mm -hmm. to mitigate the amount of man hours it takes to accomplish as whatever task at hand. So if I can just if I can do a task by myself, I'm limiting the amount of man hours that it's going to take in order to accomplish said task. But what I'm learning is sometimes doing it by myself extends the project because I'm only one person, whereas if I added mm -hmm. another person, I can complete it in half the time and half the strength necessary or whatever, just on, right. on Not, my part. And that's the hard I'm part. I'm even thinking about, like... The hours that you put into it is not a huge issue to me, I feel like. I mean, depending on what it is, obviously, sometimes it needs to be. But, um, like, when we were fixing your... Uh, Speaker in your card, <laughs> yeah, that did take the entire day. That took like seven, eight yeah, hours. That was like, dumb, dude. That took way so too simple. long. But I mean, like, we got to kick it and like chill and stuff too. Yeah, that was and fun. make it fun too. So like, that was the part of like, not that I would say I'm a help because I was learning things. <laughs> but, but it's know. but it's the experience too. So like, yeah, you know, right. when you include more people, um, yeah, it may cut down on the man time. Uh, the man hours, but you also gain a different perspective outside of yourself um, from people who are looking at it a different way. Um, you also allow yourself to focus on a different part more intently that you could, that you couldn't do if you had to do it by yourself, depending on if you're trying to stick to a deadline or not. Because like Cody said, depending on why you have those deadlines, if there's something that you can't um, you can't negotiate as far as the deadlines, then yeah, you have to get it done at a certain time and having more people to help. Uh, adds to the value of that uh, that time spent. Um, but if it's something that you could just take your time with, then it doesn't necessarily matter. But 
like you said, our pride and our ego are attached to so many things that we feel like we have to do them ourselves or we feel less than. And that's that's the that's the disconnect. That's what we're kind of raised to do. Um, I should be able to do this myself or I'm less than, et cetera. Um, and we got to really get out of that mindset because needing help or asking for help isn't a handicap. It's, right. it's a bonus. It's like, you know, I, I get to get this done and I have established a connection with somebody else that should be the bonus. But we don't we usually see it that way. Stuff. Yeah. That, you know, I know sometimes too, it, it's always like, you don't want to bother somebody, you know, yeah. like, you don't. Yeah. and that, and that, I don't know if that goes back in, I don't know if we can call that pride or ego or what that is, but like you were saying, Cody, you know, like helping TS was an experience that you have fun doing. And I think you guys, you know, we, we gain from each other just by, you know, not only doing stuff together, taking down the, you know, quote unquote manpower or the time and shit like that, or taking down the time it takes and the stress it takes, but doing those things together creates memory. I feel like it creates a positive almost feeling or result or like something um, that comes from that is positive by adding somebody else, you know? Yeah. And like um, I said, we both learned some things <laughs> yeah. uh, that was helpful, like doing that along the way too. Um, but I, even to that, like, I agree that like the burden part, I feel like when I ask for help, but we shouldn't because um, when I asked for uh, help from David and like most recently, I'm like, I hit him up saying like about the quarantine thing, like uh, you can help me like set these monitors up and I know you have internet. I don't know if I can like work at your place for a little bit or here and there, it's kind of thing. Right. And I'm like, I just don't want to feel like a burden. He said, no, you're, it's a burden that you are ex that you feel like a burden. Like you mm. will be working right. your kind of thing. So. Right. Right. But yeah. so that's like the cool thing about friends too. It's like, don't feel like a burden because you know, you, you would obviously help your friend out. So you shouldn't feel like they would think you're a burden of helping them. You will. Right. Sure. Sure. And I know that's something I struggle with too. Um, like I said, it's the whole overthinking aspect is that you don't want to be a bother to people because you feel like if you're always reaching out to somebody or if you, um, initiating something that you're being a bother because they haven't reciprocated and yeah. that's, yeah. that's faulty thinking. That's, that's, like I said, it's something that I, I struggle with myself, <clears throat> especially in my past relationships, my past friendships. I feel if I always have to initiate something that usually the person does not really want to engage. And that's not necessarily true. They could be busy with their own things. Um, they could be waiting for someone to reach out to them because they feel the same way. They won't, don't want to be a bother to, to you. And so um, it, you have to kill that pride, man, kill that ego, and just reach out and be like, yo, what's up? You know, it was on my mind. I just want to make sure you're cool or what's up? Sure. What's, what you been up to? You just want to reestablish that connection and, and strengthen it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So final words. I don't want to keep this long uh, because we had a great music section. Um, I just want to say that this is a time to really build um, ourselves up, to really fortify where we feel like we may lack, to actually engage in active healing, and to look to deepen those connections that we have. So don't think of this as just a time that you're locked down, you're locked away. Um, my pastor always says something um, that uh, there are people who are locked up but they're not locked out, meaning that they may have a situation to where they can't move around like they want to, but that does not stop them from being able to 
connect, to emote, to share um, with the people around them who they care and who they love. Okay. Hell yeah. Speaking about um, helping out with love and reaching out to people. <laughs> <laughs> so perfectly every time. This is great. I mean, That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> the fucked up story of the week. Uh, and honestly the pictures are more uh, fucked up than the actual story is that the actual story is kind of good i mean it uh, <laughs> groans in spanish yeah. <laughs> it's actually uh, no yeah. it actually is a good story it's For founded story, on something like that helped our uh, podcast start at I... oh, <laughs> so, there is a polyamorous couple who have developed real feelings for a $7,000 robotic sex doll with a Scottish accent. Um, and oh. Yeah, oh, so <laughs> they introduced the sex doll into their marriage and they say that it has saved them and so much so to the point where the wife dresses the doll up, they take the doll out to dinner and in public and they, they take the doll out for dates and all this other stuff, you know, just to keep the... <laughs> the smile on it (laughs) and to show the doll how much they appreciate it helping their relationship. They're terribly off their lucky charts. Oh, uh, (laughs) they're from Texas. Oh, not Florida? Not Florida. No, these are, these are Texas people. Well, the, there's a Texas person and then his wife is, Definitely off of the farm somewhere. I, I haven't confirmed that she's actually human. She, oof. She looks, yeah. Yeah, she's she, she's the reason why hey, this story girl. is fucked up. I'll definitely post this to the group so that way everybody else gets to see how beautiful her personality is. I say, I, but I say you, you keep that to yourself. <laughs> now, Yo, have y'all ever seen the episode of Rick and Morty where? They go on like a little like that. Him and uh, Rick go somewhere, and he asks Rick to buy him like a souvenir, but it's like a robot sex doll, <laughs> and he ends up like nutting in the robot sex doll and having a son. What? <laughs> Yo, I, I watched all these episodes, but I can't remember that. Yeah, it's it's really it's fucked up. Um, but that whole show as a whole is like really amazing and fucked up. Um. But that's what this reminded me of. Like, you, like, they introduced that to their relationship and it, you know, like, made it better. Like, yeah, it, it's nice. It, it's nice on a few different fronts. Their relationship isn't is better, so they're not going right. to get divorced. Uh, they're the silicone happy. front. The, um, is it a female sex doll? Yeah, it's a female, a sex, female sex doll. doll. It's a female sex doll. And you can tell it because it has over. Does that matter? <laughs> <laughs> Kind of because they said they're dressing it up and watching it smile. Like, did you just identify, assume the agenda of the robot? <laughs> the agenda, the, the AI, AI gender, the, the AI gender, the agenda, <laughs> the agenda. So yeah. Also, just looking at the wife, she proves that there is somebody for everybody in this world. So, oh lord! It's an inspiring, it's an inspiring <laughs> fucked up story. The agenda. Listen, did I just guess the plan? If they're mass producing, 
master this thing, sex dolls and 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 sex bots, then of course there's a body for everyone. Uh, <laughs> aha, you're right. Damn, there was a fun fact about um, finding bodies in a basement. Oh my god! How was that fun? <laughs> because it was Benjamin Franklin's basement, and in, in 1998, somebody had went back and uh, into Benjamin Franklin's house or something like that, and found 12 <laughs> bodies in the basement, and supposedly the bodies probably belonged to his buddy Slaves. because his buddy was um, a teacher, and they were using the bodies to teach about skeletons and stuff like that. But yeah. that that's what Makes the internet sense. said. My first thought was they're probably slaves or whatever they got locked For in sure. the basement. For sure. I thought it's a science experiment, but maybe Benjamin Franklin Franklin's real name is uh, Victor Frankenstein. Benjamin Franklin? <laughs> Franklin. <laughs> he was Chinese. <laughs> Come on, Gene. Pull it together. First the same. I gender. <laughs> agenda. <laughs> to get the agenda. So wait, what was what was Benjamin Franklin's actual name? Vic Mensa? What? Wait, Victor Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein. Victor. Fra- Victor Frankenstein. So there's a story about a scientist, a mad scientist, if you a will. lovely lady. Who's <laughs> bringing up two very lovely girls? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, actually <laughs> The actual yeah. fun fact that I wanted to do, not the bodies in the basement, though that was a fun fact. Also, the Victor Frankenstein was a good fun fact, too. When the bodies hit the basement, when the bodies... <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too, Cody. In the spirit of... Uh, in the, sp- in the <laughs> yeah, spirit of quarantine and sickness and stuff like that, there's a chick named Typhoid Mary who's famous oh. for infecting more than 50 people for cooking by cooking for them. So yeah. the backstory is that Typhoid Mary was a real oh, historical boy. person who became mm-hmm. notorious in the early 1900s. She was an Irish woman named Mary Malone who immigrated <laughs> to the U.S. in the 1880s. Though she had no symptoms of typhoid fever, she carried the bacteria in her blood and could pass it on to other people. Because no doctor yeah. could convince her that this was true and she didn't feel sick, she insisted on working as a cook. During her career, she infected at least 51 people, three of whom died, before she was isolated in and forced to quarantine for the last decades of her life. Because... I was going to say, this sounds like uh, it's prevalent Damn. for today. So, waiters do not wait. <laughs> or do wait at home. <laughs> well, waiters do not wait. <laughs> restaurants and stuff are still open for curbside mm-hmm. pickup. Yeah, which is fucked up. So, Typhoid Mary could be at one of those... Uh, restaurants who knows episode 64 <laughs> i'm not politically correct it's the homie ts aka c nova you know i gotcha and you can find me on twitter at c nova kpz mccoy it's your boy Rue mccoy aka mr what they do aka young splash god and you know where i'm at Rue mccoy kpz on twitter that's really all that matters cody but any or <laughs> That's B A near near lowercase near Cody is banana B A near 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 And that's how you know somebody has uh is having a stroke when they spell banana like that. <laughs> <laughs>
They just tone down the right. Turn down for Russ, strokes. The barber, aka Teddy Russ, aka uh, School Wars Q, aka Rust the Bus. <laughs> you can find me in a wind tunnel, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on Snapchat, Easy KZ underscore I Y D E T. Okay. Oh, IG is Candy Cupidity C N D I D underscore C U P I D I T Y. Oh, Thank you, Thomas Lanes. Thomas Lanes. Thomas Lanes. I know Lois Lane. Oh shit, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas the Train. Okay, wait. Okay, wait. I forgot. Don't forget to listen to us. SoundCloud. I think they remembered. They listened to like a oh, just over an hour of us. <laughs> oh, well, shit. That's right. Okay, cool. I feel it. SoundCloud. <laughs> We're there too. All right. But if that's it, if that's all we got for today, then I guess. Gang!